Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. Grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Welcome back, Big Ten backers. We're going to bring out those big-ass dump trucks to enjoy, just like you always should. Everybody enjoys a good old dump truck. This one's an extra special. This is the backers big one and the Midwest Corn Fest game of the week. Number seven, Penn State at number three, Ohio State for a big noon kickoff on Fox at, well, noon if you couldn't figure that out. On the banks of the old Intangi, Penn State Nittany Lions come calling in Columbus to take on the buck nuts of Ohio State. This will have major impacts on not only the Big Ten, but also the national landscape and the playoff picture for both these teams and beyond. You have the Ohio kid Drew Aller for Penn State versus the Pennsylvania kid for Ohio State. The bald prince of the Lions versus the bearded Lou Holtz hating leader of the Buckeyes. We have the number two and three scoring defenses facing off. Hold on to your nuts in Columbus. This is a big one. College Station sends their boys deep into the heart of Ohio with a defense, like I said, ranked second in the nation, but they also ranked second in sacks. That could spell doom for this struggling Ohio State offensive line. B, Penn State should be able to stump this Ohio State running game, but will they keep Kyle the Irish Slayer McCord and his man Marv the Martian in check? Yeah, man, this will be one of the three big-ass dump trucks and Midwest Corn Fest games of the week this year. This is the first one, so this is huge. I'm talking so big. Everyone knows how big it is. It's huge. The best quarterback recruit from Pennsylvania playing for Ohio State against the best quarterback recruit from Ohio playing for the Nittany Lions. They're trading nuts for pussies. Hello, Leah Thomas, Dylan Mulvaney, and Caitlin Jenner too. Out of the big three teams, which quarterback would you guess, AJ? JJ, McCord, or Drew Aller has the most yards? Take a wild guess. Off the top of your head. It is, it is McCord. It's McCord. I McCord. 1,651. Most people wouldn't guess that. JJ has 1,512. Drew Aller comes in last at 1,254. Now, who has the most touchdowns out of those three? I believe that is JJ. JJ at 14, Aller at 12, and McCord at 11. So that tells you a little bit. I mean, McCord's getting the ball, getting the yards. He's just not able to punch it in, man. We've got to get those scores. He's got a lot of short balls that should have been touchdowns. Receivers coming back to catch the ball. What he hasn't been doing is going against an elite defense when he's doing that. Are those short balls going to be picks? Are those short balls even going to be caught? Because this defense is going to be in position, especially those DBs. They have some lengthy DBs for the Lions, man. And defensively, Penn State allows eight points per game. Eight points per game. Second in the nation. And number one in yards given up per game, 193.7. OSU, they're third. Third in points per game allowed, 9.7. And seventh in yards per game given up, 263.5. Just looking at that, it sounds like it's going to be a defensive struggle, right? Few points, defense and the defensive stats on both teams. Then you go into points per game scored. 
So 44.3 is good for fifth in the nation for the Nittany Lions. And Ohio State's 36 points per game. That's 21st. So they're decent scorers too. So the, so what are the key matchups? When you're looking at stats like that, what are the key matchups? Turnovers, of course, are number one in every game. You saw what happened with Caleb Williams and, and Notre Dame when we were there. The three interceptions, that can change a game real quick. You saw it with Hartman against Louisville. Three interceptions. Turnovers are killer in big games, man. And Penn State is plus 10 in the turnover margin. Guess where Ohio State is? Plus two. The second point for key plays in this game, and in, in, in big games in general, are producing enough big plays. I'm talking 30 and 40 plus yard plays. And neither Penn State nor Ohio State has produced many big plays this year. The third thing I want to point out, something to watch in the game, those overthrows that I talked about. Is McCord going to get it to his receivers in stride? Or are they going to be short balls coming back to him? Because those short balls coming back to him, I don't think they're going to complete those in this game. This isn't a game where you can do that. He can throw it up, lob it up to Marvin and let him try to catch it over top. And then the fourth thing I want to talk about is Aller has not played in an environment like this. He has not been in an away game where that crowd's going to be rowdy, audacious, loud, raining probably. It's going to be a game where he's going to have to take over at some point. But we saw that McCord can do it. Like you said, he was the Irish slayer, man. He did it. We're going to have to see something from Aller. Going to see the way he can take over a game, man. Any thoughts on any of those keys to the game? Nah, I think you dialed them in correct, man. Turnover battle is going to be huge. I think if Ohio State has one turnover, they can survive. If they have two, forget about it. I think ball protection is going to be key, as it always is. And then I think there's going to be an interesting battle between Penn State's defensive line and Ohio State's offensive line. And then red zone. Yeah. Red zone, red zone. And if this comes down to a running game in the rain... I don't think Ohio State has the horses to do it. I don't think they have the power to do it. What scares me for Ohio State is I think that they're about to peak, but they haven't quite got to that point where they're a team that's on their upper echelon yet. I think they're just about there getting to that cusp. They could reach it this game, and then if they do, it's on. But I don't think that they're going to do it. Yeah, I just got this one as a tough matchup. And if it's raining, I don't think that they have the horses up front to get it done in a running game. What you say, AJ? Well, man, they're both struggling to run the ball. Rain comes out. I do like Penn State's run game a little bit better. I'm going to throw my prediction out there. I'm going to say 24-20. Buckeyes get it done at home in the horseshoe. Ohio State prevails late in the fourth quarter, similar to Notre Dame. And this one's hard for me because I, I just don't see Ohio State peaking yet. I think they will at the end of the season. I think it's going to be a dangerous game in late November for Michigan when Ohio State comes to town. But right now, I got Penn State by a field goal, 27-24. So there's something else that we have to add to this. I don't think Emeka Abuka is playing. So they're going to be doubling Marv all day. And Ohio State's going to have to have a big game by Cade Stover in that running game. Or else they're going to get waxed. Penn State could take it over. I don't think that they can just rely on Marv. They have to have someone secondary in there in the receivers. Can Enos or one of the other receivers take over? It'll be seen. It's a wait to see. Lean on a freshman. Trust a freshman. Right on, man. We're here for it. We're the Big Ten backers. We love games like this. We can't wait to see this one. Number 17, Tennessee at number 11, Alabama. 3.30 on CBS. Volunteers will take a trip to Tuscaloosa hoping to repeat its victory it had in Knoxville last season. Alabama will be seeking revenge for that epic loss they took in the final ticks last year. Both teams will be fighting to keep their playoff hopes alive and keep turning their wheels towards that SEC crown they desire. This will be a battle in the trenches.
which is World War I style, with the volunteers running attack pinpointing it at the strength of the Roll Tide's D-line. B, who you got out of Milton and Monroe in this epic SEC rivalry? Well, I think you're right when you take it back to the trenches. I don't think it will be a battle of Milton versus Monroe. I think it'll be a running game. Tennessee rushes for 231.3 yards per game. That's good for sixth in the nation and 71 for Bama at 148. That's a big outlier. The thing about Bama, though, is sometimes they win with rushing. Sometimes they win with passing. They're different every week. And if this was an undefeated team, people would be singing their praises of glory for being able to win however they needed to. But now they're like, you know, maybe they're a little bit skeptical because they don't have an identity. I think it's a good thing. You can rely on one person. You can rely on another. Whatever Whatever's working for the day, you take that. You capitalize on what the defense gives you. Their passing yardage, Bama has slightly more at 219 versus 212 for Tennessee. Tennessee's getting 33.5 points per game, good for 37th in the nation, but they allow 17 points per game. That's 18th in the nation. Bama is getting 30.3 points per game, 60th in the nation, but only allows 16 points per game. That's 13th in the nation. So they're pretty close in those points for, points against. Tennessee's turnover margin is plus one. Bama's is plus three. What kind of prediction you got for this game? What do you got? Hit me with it, AJ. Beave, I'll hit you with it. I'll hit you with it any day. Just let me know when. I'm asking. 28, Bama rolls late and repays the favor of the heartbreaking loss with just a few ticks left. Repeats itself, but Bama comes out on top. I agree with you. I believe Bama gets this one back again, smoking those cigars at the end of the game, 31-28. We got number 16, Duke, at number four, Florida State, 7.30 p.m. game on ABC. Mike Elko will have his work cut out for him, taking the Blue Devils to the land of the Seminoles. This will be a fun one, B. Florida State offense versus that Duke D. Who knew these two would be battling it out for the rights of the ACC championship game? No one saw this coming. The Devils do their dirty work van halen style running with the devils while florida state has a balanced attack led by jordan travis b what's your thoughts on this unpredicted battle for acc supremacy in tallahassee let's jump into the stats duke is 53rd in points per game at 31.2 and fourth allowing 9.8 points per game but quarterback riley leonard will still suck like his mommy always tells him he does because he's not going to play. He's not going to be back. And that's a shame. It's a damn shame. I'd love to see him there because I think he would make it a game. But without him, Florida State Seminoles roll, baby. I don't think this one's close. What do you got? Uh, give me Florida State Seminoles with a win, 31-20. to 20. Yeah, at home, I've been Seminole strong all season. I, I still haven't taken my lips off that one yet, 38-13. Beave, we got one more big-ass dump truck to talk about. We got number 14, Utah, at number 18, Southern Cal. 8 p.m. on Fox. Caleb Williams has never beaten Utah. Utah has owned USC the last couple years, but Caleb Williams and USC look to rebound at home like a crackhead who checked into rehab after overdosing and shitting to bed like they did last week. Utah brings in a stifling defense that could be the Achilles heel of USC. This same Utah team and defense that ended playoff hopes and dreams last year for USC. And rising is a no-go in this one. Can the Utes put up enough points to bust these trophies? again. B. SC's playoff hopes are on life support. Can they survive and keep those hopes alive? Yeah, they're undefeated in the pack done. This is a make or break game though. I mean, you lose this, you're out of the playoffs for sure. And really it is for both teams. Utah's got to win too. Cam Rising being out obviously is going to hurt. 
reports are he's out for the season. I think that those are almost conclusive, 100% he's out for the season. We'll see how that goes. I think USC puts it back together. I think much like Notre Dame after that loss, they know what to do. And Lincoln Riley, he always is good for one loss every year. A game he shouldn't lose. Now, against Notre Dame, that was a good team that he lost to, but I don't th- I don't see him losing more than one game a year. Maybe when they play some stiffer competition, like an Oregon or a Washington, they lose, but I don't see them losing this one. What's your, what's your prediction, man? The Trojans hold strong and pull out, even though that's kind of an oxymoron to say, but they win 27 to 17. Yeah, I got them winning a close on probably in overtime 34-33. They bring it back together. They bring it strong. Caleb Williams turns into Superman once again and runs in a two-point conversion to win them the game, giving them a little bit of a Heisman moment back. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> that ends the big-ass dump trucks. It's time to get to some of that big-on-big big action. Let's get into a B. Let's break down these Big Ten games. Yes, sir. All right, it is big. 10 roundup time. We're going to get on that big on big action. We got number two, Michigan at Michigan State, 7.30 p.m. on NBC. Wolverines head down the street to visit little brother in East Lansing. New investigations was announced by the NCAA for Michigan. Jim Harbaugh wasn't stealing signs. He was signaling for another cheeseburger, and his staff was just sent there to check out the menu. He's just trying to find the good cheeseburgers when he gets there, man. He ain't stealing nothing. Come on. Come on, NCAA. Let that shit go. But, you know, let's get on Sparty. They ain't had too many reasons to party there in Sparty, man. They only got two wins on the season and yet to get one in conference. They couldn't tuck away the victory last week. After being up 18 on Rutgers, Beef, Michigan's number one scoring defense, should make quick work of these Spartans. It's going to get ugly and ugly quickly. Of course they're the number one scoring defense. They know where the play is going every time. Aren't all these teams, though, trying to steal signs from their opponents? Stealing the signals? What the hell does it matter if they're at the game or not? I don't get it. Every team's trying to steal signs. It's up to you to change things up and, and keep player, or keep teams from stealing it. You know, good offenses know what to do. You know what I mean? I mean, let's get into the game, though. Enough of this stealing signs bullshit. As the interview with some of those bananas in the big house in the student section said, Michigan State, their little brother, and mom says, we need to be nice to the little brother. Check out that video. It's actually really funny. Um, on NIL Fan Vote and on Big Ten Backers on Facebook and on Instagram. The old Tucker himself is even trying to make a comeback, fighting for wrongful ejaculation. I mean, termination. Does mom make them take it easy on little brother AJ? What's your prediction? Not a chance. Not a chance. Michigan wins huge 41 to 6 and shows Sparty how to truly beat it. I got him 60 to 13. Michigan big. Mm, mm, mm. We got Rutgers. At Indiana, this is a 12 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Rutgers can get bowl eligible if they can get the win in Bloomington. Can that 4.5 yards per rush attempt get it done on the road? Greg Schiano is rumored to be the leak to the NCAA for those Michigan sign-stealing violations that were announced today. This Hoosiers offense is weak. Weak, son. Ain't no blue chew pill gonna save this 3 one yards per rush team in an abysmal 6.7 per pass. They could not do 
shit right. Tom Allen is washed up with his hey you guys sloth looking ass. He's done. He coaches like he's looking at himself in the mirror. Makes me want to puke just looking at him. Hey, after that strong performance for Rutgers against Michigan State, I'm taking the Jersey boy Shiano all day. He's going to get his team to the pinstripe bowl, baby. Their sixth win of the season comes on Saturday, and after that, they lose the rest of their games probably. What's your prediction? I'm right there with you, B. They got to get this win if they want to get bowl eligible. Give me Rutgers 24 to 13. Scarlet Knights. Damn, you had the same score as me 24 to 13. That's twice today. That's craziness. All right, Beef. We're gonna start talking about these big. Let me West let me give let me give man. you a little spotlight into what we got going on in the Big West. I like to I like to look at points per game, like to know how strong a team is offensively, and then how much they give up defensively for points per game. We got Iowa sitting at hundred and thirteenth with twenty point nine points per game, and they're playing Minnesota hundred and ninth with twenty one point seven points per game. This is Big Ten West, just Big Ten West now. Nebraska hundred and twentieth at nineteen points per game versus the Wild. Cats of Northwestern, 107th at 22 points per game. Illinois, 117th in the nation with 20.3 points per game versus the best in the Big Ten West, Wisconsin. The best in the Big Ten West, 78th in the nation at 27.2. And they're going to plummet after losing their starting quarterback. I mean, they're going to be down in the hundreds by the end of the season. And then second best in the Big Ten West, Purdue, is 99th in the nation with 23 points per game. I mean, this is some granny tranny bullshit. It's so gross, you just have to watch. That's how bad it is. The entire division, 78th in the nation, is the best. And worse than that, five of seven are worse than 100th in the nation in points per game. And let's let's just make matters worse. To make matters worse, there's a couple in the East that are pretty damn bad, too. Indiana, 123rd. Michigan State, 106th. So eight of 14 in the Big Ten are 99th in the nation or worse in points per game. Man, that makes the conference look bad. No wonder some of these games are so fucking boring. Can't wait to get some of those schools on the West Coast to score some damn points. Yeah, it's bad, Beef. It's really bad. I mean, God, is everyone bad. trying to be Iowa in the West? Like, let's just have a defense and do nothing on offense. Apparently, but you're right, man. The Big Ten is is top heavy. It's really only about the Big Three. The rest of them, wow. Outside of Maryland, Maryland can score some points, but they also can shit the bed like they did last week. But let's get into these games. We got Minnesota at number twenty-four. Iowa. It's a three thirty p.m. game on NBC. Iowa at home versus PJ. Fleck and his Golden Gophers, who have struggled lately to get any offensive going, like you just said. Hawkeyes have bounced back since their embarrassing loss at the hands of Penn State. They took hold of the Big Ten West, watering down whiskey on the road last week. Minnesota can't run, can't throw, can't score, and are going to try to get it going against this Iowa defense. That ain't that ain't a good pull, man. That ain't a good pull. Get the fuck out of here. Nothing else, Beef. I got shit else. Hey, man, again, I want to reiterate this to everyone. Iowa, 113th in the nation, 20.9 points per game versus Minnesota, 109th in the nation at 21.7 points per game. This is going to be a awesome game for no points scored. I mean, terrible. No one wants to watch this. Callie Lickamianus scores for the Hawkeyes with a pick six. And that's the Hawkeyes' only touchdown of the game. The one thing about Iowa is their turnover margin, a plus one. They turn over the ball 
but their defense gets the ball. The good thing they have a defense to stop opponents, and good thing they're playing against opponents who can't score. Minnesota's awful. P.J. Fleck is too busy jerking off to Michigan that he doesn't even have a game plan to go against the Hawkeyes. What's your prediction? Get a little side note here. The two Michigan players that transferred to Iowa are out for the season. And I still think Iowa gets it done. That's how crazy it is. They win 24-6, to and they flex on P.J., and he's all these brand gophers. I got Iowa's defense scoring that touchdown, like I said, and they win 13-6. to Big Ten West style, baby. We got Wisconsin at Illinois. This is a Fox Sports 1 game. Whiskey is on the road against their former coach, Burt Bellema, and his fighting Illini. How much weight do you think he's gained since leaving Madison? Whiskey will trot out their backup QB, Braden Lockie, after losing quarterback Tanner Mordecai with a broken hand. Rumor is he reached for Bird's plate. You know, that'll get your hand broke every time. Illinois comes back home after their shocking win on the road at Maryland. Burt got all jacked up on crab cakes and put his best coaching effort in for the season. Beef. This will be an interesting game. Injuries are mounting for the Badgers, losing two key players on offense. Speak of a mounting, how does his wife get on top of him? I don't think she does. I think she just distracts him with food and he forgets he's a man with needs and simply just eats more cake. But what I really want to talk about is on the other sideline and that high-powered offense of Wisconsin coming in at 78th in the nation with 27.2 points per game. This is something that Fickle said. I think the biggest difference is just the experience. This is him talking about Tanner Mordecai being out and Braden, who will be back in. And that was a beautiful thing about Tanner Mordecai is his ability to come in here and not just what's his experience of playing, but his experience of being through so many ups and downs. Braden just doesn't have those experiences. It sounds like he's preparing the fans for a terrible outing. Like, damn, give your leader some love. Illinois has been so bad, but they just broke through at Maryland. The game is at Illinois, and you know Bill Mo wants this one. Man, I, I, I just never thought I'd hear Fickle talk like that. It almost feels like he's defeated with so many injuries going down the way they are. Didn't they have like three transfer quarterbacks to start the year or two? Why are they, why are they starting yes, this sir. freshman? He's the coach, man. He knows I what's guess. going on. We'll see what they put on the field. What's your prediction? I'm going to take Illinois 21 Shut to 17. Shut the fuck up. That's exactly what I got. I got Burt and Illinois in this one. The Illini 21 to 17. That's three, buddy. Oh, man. We are on the same damn page today. We got one more Big Ten game to talk about, and they just keep getting worse and worse. We got Northwestern at Nebraska, 3.30 p.m. on Big Ten Network. Battle of the, well, f- fucking nothing. Nebraska looks to drown the Wildcats at home and get to a winning record on the season. Northwestern did pull a bit of a shocker coming back and beating the Golden Gophers. Can they do it again? Matt Rule has fared much better with his new QB, Hartberg, and is looking to get the Huskers Bowl eligible. This is a must win. We got three games that are going to be really tough for Nebraska at the end of the season. Beave, is Northwestern ready to get out of this season? so they can go ahead and clean those showers for next year. 
Hey, man, I think Nebraska is finding themselves. They have their quarterback and Harburg. He leads the team in both passing and rushing. Get ready for this show, though, baby. This is the grainy tranny of them all. It's the grainy tranny game of the week. So gross, you just have to fucking watch this shit. The Huskers, 120th, 120th in the nation. There is not very many teams worse at scoring points than them. 19 points per game. And the Wildcats, 107th with 22 points per game. Don't tell me you have the same prediction as me this time, man. I'm going to tell you mine first, just in case. I have the Huskers at home, 24 to 20. I have this 24 to 13 for the Huskers. All right, still close. I'm with you. We got half the half the scores right. But, you know, Beef, I got to find gotta find something. I, I think I got some Big Ten West on my shirt. I'm not sure if I can get this stain out. It's I got to hurry up and get this cleaned up because it's fucking atrocious looking on my shirt, man. It's dirty. But you know what time it is. We had a little yawn fest talking about the Big Ten West. Let's break out that trimmer because I have more fun trimming my ball hairs than I had talking about these games. So let's go ahead and get that trimmer out. Let's get it on. Let's talk about the landscape games of college football. We have Washington State at number 14, Oregon. 3.30 p.m. game on ABC. Can they bounce back on the road against one of the nation's best? Oregon, who is also looking forward to bouncing back at home. Cam Ward and Bo Nick should make for an entertaining game. This game was almost a dump truck, but Cougars got dumped and ruined it. Beef. Oregon is one of the top offenses in the nation, averaging 550 yards per game. This team will score and score often on these Beavers. Yeah, let's take a look at Bo Nix, man. I believe he's underrated just because he's not getting the attention that the Phoenix does. But now he leads the nation in completion percentage at 79.2% and has 17 touchdowns to one interception. But not just that. This is a balanced attack, man. This defense is great. I mean, it's a complimentary football. They're 11th in the nation, allowing 15.8 points per game. This is a bounce back game for Oregon, and they need it. They got to go for it on every fourth down just to prove a point. On fourth and six from their own two-yard line, um, go for it. Fourth and five from midfield, um, go for it. Fourth and three from the three just before half, um, go for it. I don't care if you're 0-16 on 4th down. Just stay consistent, Dan Lanning. Go for it, man. What do you got in this game? Oregon beat up them Beavers 41-28. to What you got, B? Oregon gets a few 4th down conversions this time and wins 45-20. We got Auburn at number 13, Ole Miss. It's a 7 o'clock game on ESPN. Ole Miss is still running for the SEC West but we'll need some help getting ahead of Bama. Auburn pushed Georgia to the break. Can they get it done this time on the road against a top 15 team? War Eagle, Go Tigers, is something I could never get used to, Beef. So I'm going to change their name. I'm going to start calling them the Griffins, for God's sake. Beef, this could be a fight for Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin against this newly built Freeze defense. Yeah, man, Hugh Free. Yeah, man. Hugh Freeze is back in his old stomping grounds. He's going to call up former escort services, which he did back when he was at Ole Miss, on his work phone 33 times prior to resigning back in 2017. Maybe one of those escort services gave him that staph infection that caused him to coach from the hospital bed at Liberty. Let's get into some stats on this. Auburn gives up 23.2 points per game, ranking in at 54th in the nation. 
but they're scoring 27.7 points per game. Not so hot. Ole Miss, their defense gives up 23.8 points per game, which is 60th in the nation, but they're eighth in scoring at 41.6 points per game. You got a prediction on this, bad boy? Mm-hmm. Sure do, Beef. I'll take Ole Miss wrecking the Griffins 28-24. to Got to give it up to the lane train. They're going to get theirs. 38-24. We got Clemson at Miami. It's the 8 p.m. game on the ACC Network. Dabo is back in action. His Tigers are going to Miami, who have shit the bed the last two games they have played. Don't look for the Canes to kneel to these Tigers of Clemson as they look to rebound at home. Miami brings in their well-balanced offense attack, averaging 502 yards per game. Can they get it done? Beef. Can Clemson get right on the road against this struggling but talented Miami team? Or does Cristobal ruin another win at home? I think... You know, Dabo being the person he is, I think about middle of the second quarter, just to show Cristobal it can be done, he takes a knee. Miami in this game, getting into the stats, they're negative three in the turnover margin. Clemson is a positive one, and I think that's the difference in the game. This is not a home field advantage for Miami. With two losses already, the fans aren't going to be in the stands. Hell, they wouldn't be in the stands if there was one loss, maybe even zero. Miami is eighth in offensive points per game at 37 points per game, while Clemson scores 32.2 points per game. So that keeps them pretty close. What do you got for a prediction, AJ? Miami dunks on Dabo and his Tigers, pulling out a close win, 31-27. to I got a similar score, 31-21, but I got Clemson. Guess we'll find out this weekend, Beef. Let's get into those AJMB best wikis. Service Academy action, number 22 Air Force at Navy. Yeah, I'll take Air Force in that one. Army at number 19 LSU. Gotta go with LSU big in that, scoring tons of points. We got South Carolina at number 20 Missouri, 330 on the SEC network. Give me them Tigers. Missouri rolls. Arizona State at number 5 Washington. Big win for the Phoenix. They're not holding anything back. They won big last week. They're going to win big again. They won a little last week, I guess, in a big game. We got another pack after dark game. Number 25, UCLA at Stanford. Stanford made a hell of a comeback against Colorado, but not this time. Give me a UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is not going to let up. They're not going to take that foot off the gas and let them back in it. Next game, number eight, Texas at Houston. 4 p.m. on Fox, baby. Texas big. Yeah, Texas big. Everything's bigger in Texas. You got Oklahoma State at West Virginia, 3.30 p.m. game on ESPN. Both teams struggled out the gate, but found themselves now with only two losses. I'm going to take the Mountaineers. Man, I don't know who to take in that game. That's a sneaky good game. That'd be a fun football game to watch. But home team? Oh, man, I don't know. West Virginia. Yeah, I'll take the home team. Next game, UCF at number six, Oklahoma, 12 p.m. on your ABC network. Got to go with Oklahoma big in that. We got Virginia at number 10, North Carolina. Not even close. Tar Heels huge. May day all day. Give it to them, Mac. Choke another coach out. Ain't no doubt about it. Hey, man, you know what time it is. It's time to get mad up on here. I think Vegas did us all. We all got done by Vegas. 
But Matt's going to get us set up for next week, baby. Big Ten backers, we got Matt. Matt's going to do Vegas. But before we get started on these games, break down the standings for us. Matt, how we doing? Yes, sir. And thank you all for having me back. Uh, I got to say it was a mildly rough week for all three of us. I went 8-9-1 last week. 70-57-2 70-57-2 overall on the year. That's about a 55% winning percentage. AJ and B both going 3-4. and four. So as it stood from last week, we keep it the same this week. AJ, you've got a half a game leave on B. All three of us percentage-wise are staying in between 55 and 60% as we've kind of talked about at the beginning of the year. That's the ultimate goal if you're looking at an entire season of sports betting in that 55-60% to 60% winning percentage range. So you're still in a good range, but AJ, you got a half game still up on Beef. How do you feel? Oh, it feels good to have the half game, but I'm trying to extend it, man. Trying to extend it. Let's see what we can do this week. Do it. Break them down, man. We got a good one coming out the gates. It's a little Midwest Corn Fest, bigger Big Ten backers, big one. We got Penn State coming to Columbus against Ohio State. Yeah, this one kind of coming right out of the gate. You saw minus four and a half. And that was really the line for about the first few days of this week. You've seen it today kind of jump up in many books to go minus five and a half in favor of Ohio State. Over under for this game started at 48. You've seen that creep down to a lot of books around 45 and a half. I even saw a couple at 45 earlier today as well, too. So you're seeing that over under creep into the mid 40s, which is surprising. Weather forecast for Columbus at around noon kickoff time over there seems cloudy. Don't really see any rain or wind or anything like that. So weather's not really a factor. What you're really seeing is just kind of money movement here in this case. I look at something like this and I say, this screens a low scoring game. You've got two very good defenses. I know the offenses, at least from points per game perspective, have been pretty high. This looks like a really tight defensive game. Kind of thinking that 24-20 type game, not really going to go who goes where. But if you're going to give me plus four and a half, plus five and a half Penn State, I'd probably look to gobble that up. If you kind of got some skin in the game, your Penn State has State fan, don't like betting on your team, I'd probably lean under again, kind of that 24-20 feel. That's where I'd be going with this game. But let's start with you, Beave. Where are you at? Give me Penn State and the points. Great. How about you, AJ? I want to take Penn State in the points, too. I predict this game is a three-point win for the Buckeyes. Fair enough. We got the second game. Battle for ACC supremacy. Duke goes to the land of the Seminole to take on Florida State. Yeah, this one to start with. You you saw the spread minus 13.5 for Florida State. That has jumped up to minus 14.5. Not a big jump, but a sizable one, especially when you're dealing with that 14-point number. Uh, Over-under has stayed pretty consistent throughout the week. It started at 49, now up to 49 and a half. So you're kind of seeing money going both ways on that over under. You look at something like this, you got to question Riley Leonard. How good is he going to be if he's playing? That's obviously a big factor here. Personally, I would be leaning with that over. I think Florida State can score quite a bit, even though I know Duke statistically has a pretty good defense. Florida State's offense is really good. I also think that if you're able to get back down to that minus 13 and a half, you're not hearing a lot of news, I would jump all over to Seminoles. But right now it's sitting at 14 and a half. So I'm going to start with you, AJ. Where are you going? Give me Florida State covering. They went by 15 or more. All right, let's get I'm all business. No talk today. I'm, I'm getting this half game back. <laughs> Fat chance, Big Daddy. We got a nice SEC rivalry. Tennessee at Alabama. 
cigars are gonna get lit in this one yeah what you're seeing here not a lot of movement on any side here you had alabama starting out at minus nine that has only dropped to minus eight and a half and it's kind of really stayed in that eight and a half to nine range all week over under started at 48 has kind of crept up to 48 and a half so you're really not seeing a lot of movement at least where money's concerned on this you were seeing a lot of early tickets go tennessee i think that's why you saw that drop down a little bit but you've kind of seen it creep back up in some of the books so it seems like the betting public, the Sharps, everybody's kind of feeling like they don't really know what kind of Alabama team we're going to see. I don't really either. I haven't been sold on Tennessee this whole year. Don't I think everyone's kind of remembering the offense they had last year. It's not translated this year as much. Be that as it may, I don't think Alabama has the defense they usually have. I'd probably lean over here. But let's start with you, Beav. Where are you going? They're giving me eight and a half points for Bama. I'll take that. I think they'll be within that eight and a half range. So you want Tennessee? Yeah, give me Tennessee. All right. How about you, AJ? We're all going to have a different one here. I'm going to take the under. All right. Utah, who has owned the Trojans of late. They've busted a few Trojans in their day, but they travel out to L.A. to play SC. Yeah, this is a this is a great reminder. And I think in the betting world, we always have to remind ourselves that you are looking at what team you're seeing this year. You can't remember the past. The past does not translate year over year, especially in college football with so much turnover. Yeah, you're right. Utah went 2-0 against USC last year. One game is at home, one game in neutral site. You know, so I Cam Rising. That's not the case this year. Cam Rising done for the year. Their offense is one of the worst in the country. Yes, I know they have a very good defense. Also, Utah is an entirely different team when they play outside of Salt Lake City. So they are traveling to the Coliseum. Obviously, USC got beat down last week. This spread started at minus five and a half. It has jumped up to seven. You've seen the over-under shift downward quite a bit. It started at 56. It's going to drop down to 53 and a half. This is one of those games where I say, I think USC comes out. They lay the wood. They know the Pac-12 championship is still clearly in front of them. I lay USC with the points. I'd even lay them up to minus eight, to be honest with you. I think this is a convincing win for USC because they are at home. I also would I would lean over here simply just because USC has a terrible defense. I think they could give up some 14 points late in the game, kind of cover that over. But let's start with you, AJ. Where are you going? I'm with you, Matt. Give me those points in USC. Excellent. How about you, Beef? I'm going the under. All right. At 53 and a half. Yes, sir. You trusting that Alex Grinch defense, I see. I'm trusting that Utah defense to hold USC. All right. So we got the Beavers, who took a beatdown, beatdown last week. And they're traveling out to Oregon, one of the best teams in college football, even though they're trying to bounce back, too. What you got on this one? Yeah, it's been a tough stretch here for the Cougars. Um, in Oregon, and we all know what happened last week in Seattle. Uh, that is a really darn good football team, and the spread's showing it. It started at minus 20. It's only squeaked down a little bit to minus 19.5. We see the over-under. It started at 60. It's crept up a little at 61.5. This is one of those games that just kind of screams over to me. Um, again, I just told you to not think about the past and bringing it into the present. Washington State's been scoring pretty good. They've had a couple uh, shaky games. Oregon's fifth in the nation points per game. This team can score quite a bit of points as well. This one kind of looks like an over. I would stay away a little bit from that spread. I I, I think Washington State could keep it close early on, but this kind of looks like a backdoor cover to me, that minus 21-point win. But with that being said, let's start with you, Beav. Where are you going? Mm, I'm going to take Washington State. Taking the Cougs. All right. How about you, AJ? I think I take the over. Give me those over points. All right. We got 
a little special one here, a little Service Academy action. We got Air Force playing at Navy. Yes, sir. And as we said last week, we all we love and support our service academies for sure. So we had to put this one on here, especially because Air Force is number 22nd ranked in the country. Spread here. You had Air Force minus 10. That has creeped up to minus 10 and a half. Over under, very surprising. It started at 37 and a half. That has dropped all the way down to 34 and a half. You've seen a three-point difference there. That's quite a bit as you start getting into some of these some of these games, you know, in October, November. Air Force has played pretty good this year. I think they demonstrated that last week as well. Navy has just looked very sluggish as a football team this year. I'd probably lay the points go with Air Force, but let's start with you, AJ. Man, this is a tough one. You already know this is only going to be like a 60-minute game, uh, and that's television time because they're both going to run yeah. that clock down. I'm going to take the over. Not whole, not overly confident about it, but it'll give me the over. All right. How about you, Beef? Well, the reason that spread's dropping is because Air Force's starting quarterback is out, and he's all world. So I am going to go with the – I'm going to lay the points and still think Air Force wins this one and wins right. it big. Yeah, I think Despite so. Despite their starting quarterback, their all world quarterback, he is a track star, man. Their defense has held up tough, though. They're, they're 12th in – in FBS and points per game allowed. So their defense can play just as well as their offense right now. All I got to say is go Falcons. Seek midmanship. Let's go, baby. We got North Texas traveling to number 23 Tulane. Yeah, again, we're going to keep throwing these group of five teams at you. You got the Air Force. You got your Tulane's, your Wyoming's, all these teams. You got to start watching these games. These are really good games to keep an eye on. You had Tulane at minus 20. That has crept up to minus 20 and a half. That's starting over under 61 and a half. That has crept up to 63 and a half. Again, as we start exploring these group of five games, North Texas has a terrible defense. You're seeing a lot of the games they're playing in, high scoring affairs. They can score pretty well. They're actually 25th in the nation points per game scoring, but their defense is atrocious. Tulane has kind of been solid this year. Not the same Tulane as you saw last year. Consistent on offense, pretty decent on defense. All of this screams to me a high-scoring game. I don't really know if they're going to cover 21 points. That's quite a bit with a high-scoring game. So I'd lean pretty heavy with the over here. But let's start with you, Beef. Yeah, I'm going over. And I'm you, with AJ. You guys. It's over. All right. Uh, you know, trying to pick up a half a game. You guys have a nice blend here. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that, but we will let's see. see how it goes. You know what time it is. It's time for that rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. Rapid fire. All right, Matt, you ready for rapid fire? We got Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah, you have Michigan. Michigan is minus 24 and a half. Stay consistent all week. Over-under has been at 48 and a half. You've seen that drop down to minus 45 and a half. Obviously, news coming out today about allegations with Michigan. This has a funny feel to it. Probably be leaning under. All right, we got Rutgers versus Indiana. Rutgers could go bowling with yeah, this. Yeah, you got Rutgers minus. <laughs> That's right. You got Rutgers minus five and a half over under at 40. I mean, Indiana statistically is one of the worst teams in college football. Rutgers, after this week, their final four games are brutal. So this is their bowl eligible game. They see it in hand. I think Rutgers wins convincingly. Lay the points. We got Minnesota Golden Gophers traveling to Iowa City to play Iowa. Yeah, these, these spreads and over-unders are ugly for any football game, let alone college football. Iowa started minus five and a half. That has dropped to minus three and a half. Over under started at 32 and a half. It has dropped to 30 and a half. That, I don't know if I've ever seen <laughs> under that low in college football. 
I keep knocking Iowa. I keep knocking their offense. You know what? Every week, they find a way to win. They find a way to win. They're 4-2-1 against the spread. So not only are they winning, they're covering the spread as well. So you know what? I'm going to lay the points with Iowa for a week. I'm going to start riding the Hawkeye bandwagon. They might not even get the spread points. They might not even score three points. <laughs> I'm going to go 5 nothing. I, I think they get that early field goal. They they get the backdoor cover with the safety at the end. 5 nothing. I, I, I think we can cover go. this week. Lay the points. There you go. How about Wisconsin-Illinois? Obviously, a Wisconsin factor here. Tanner Mordecai being out, that's a shame. I thought he was playing pretty well this year. You see Wisconsin minus 2.5 over under 41. I don't have no idea what to make of Illinois. They've laid a bunch of eggs this year, and then they turn around and beat, in my opinion, a pretty decent Maryland team last week. This is one of those games I'd probably go under with it, but under three, I don't mind Wisconsin because I think overall they're a better team, so I'd probably lay the points and lean under. We got the Shower Boys themselves, Northwestern, traveling out to Lincoln to play Nebraska. I mean, I'll I'll tell you, my guy line this year, don't bet. Northwestern. Just don't bet their games. I have no idea what this team is going to do. Same with Nebraska all over the map. They beat Illinois. I have no idea what these teams are going to do. You got a minus 11 and a half Nebraska. You got it over under at 41. Ugly, ugly numbers. If I had to lean somewhere, I'd probably inch towards that over. I think this could be one of those 24, you know, 20 type games. Lean over, but nobody's watching this one. So let's move on. Arizona State and Washington. Yeah, I tell you what, I. This is, in my opinion, the trap game of all trap games. You've got Washington coming off an amazing win. Last week in Seattle, fans stormed the field. They know next Saturday after this game, they've got USC down in the Coliseum, one of their their biggest tests. If they get through it, they really have it. Pac-12 up for grabs, play a spot off for grabs. This one, you got a one and five team. You've got a spread at minus 28 and a half. That has dropped to minus 27 and a half. You see the over-under stand around 59. I think Washington's a far better team. I do think Washington's going to win this game. I would be taking the Sun Devils here. Just simply, I think it's going to be that emotional letdown. I think Washington wins by 14 and gets the heck out of there. We got UCLA playing Stanford, the comeback Kings. Yeah. Not much movement here with the over-under spread. You're seeing UCLA right now minus 17. That's gone down or gone up a little bit since the Open. Over-under staying right around 55. I like UCLA in this one quite a bit. Again, they're being carried by their defense. I know what we all saw last Friday with Stanford. I've told you all, stay away from Colorado. You have no idea what that team's going to do. Play the points. Give me the Bruins. Let's go with Texas at Houston. Yeah. This this is, again, this Houston team. This is where we go back in the past. We think high-flying high offense, big shootouts. Obviously, they had a crazy win last week against West Virginia. Forget all of it. Their offense is okay, but it's not great. Their defense is atrocious. I would probably be laying minus 22, minus 23 with the Longhorns. I'd also be leaning pretty heavy with the under. We got Ole Miss playing the Auburn Griffins. I changed their name because I wanted to combine the the War Eagle and, and Tigers. Yeah, you got, uh, you've got a pretty consistent spread here. It's staying at that six and a half. They're kind of seeing that touchdown win for Ole Miss. Uh, that has stayed consistent throughout the whole week. Over under at 56 and a half. That has dropped down to 54 and a half. Honestly, this has the feel. I, I think this could go over. That's where I'd be leaning with the uh, minus 54 and a half. I'd probably stay away from that spread. This kind of has that six, seven point feel. That hook, I don't really like it. So I'd probably it lean over. Time. It's time for it burns when you pee. Beef is at a 50-50 right now on these games. 
Yeah, I, I got to say, we, we started out like gangbusters, you know, Beef 3-0 and in the BWYP game of the week. I thought he was going to go undefeated on the year. You were on a three-game losing streak with these games. Tell us what's going on in your mind right now. Well, I just, you know, sometimes it's hard to always win. I just felt bad. I figured I'd let Vegas get their dirty work in and treat me raw, and now it's time for me to come back. You know, that's that's a great segue to these teams we're talking about because they have that same mindset. They're, they're making sure everybody else gets their wins instead of them. So we've got the Charlotte 49ers at 1-5 and five, traveling to East Carolina to take on the Pirates, who are also 1-5. and five. Now, that one win for each of these teams, I want to break this down. Charlotte's lone win this year is against South Carolina State. Not the Gamecocks. The Bulldogs of South Carolina State. East Carolina's lone win this year is against Gardner-Webb. The Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb. So each of these have played a mediocre FCS team, got their lone win. Otherwise, they have been getting their doors blown off this year. Both of these teams are in the bottom six of scoring points per game on offense. Both their defenses are in the lower quote uh, 25th percentile on points per game defense allowed. So this is terrible offense. This is terrible defense. These are two one and five teams. However, you got East Carolina minus six and a half. You have an over under at 40 and a half. Some interesting lines here. Where are you leaning, B? Oh man, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to go the over. All right. You heard it here first. He's taking the over in Charlotte, East Carolina. He's trying to get rid of that clap. Can he get it done with this prediction? Tune in. Oh, that's that's Thursday. easy. Four and three. Four and three, baby. I'm getting my half game back on AJ. Everything's going to be in the clear next week. I don't think so, We Tim. shall see. I don't it should think be a fun so, weekend. Tim. All right, Big Ten backers. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for Seattle Matt coming on and getting this done with us. It's always great to have you. We're out. God bless everyone. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the thread. Also visit the website, NILFanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today.